0: Good morning, good morning Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast and the Class. Shh. Breakfast and the Class today is dedicated by Mauricio and Laura Sion from South Florida in honor of the eldest son Bar Mitzvah, Perasha Salamon. Perasha Salamon. Shalomo Yosef Ben Lea. May you stay in the path of Torah, Upan Masim Tovim, and a life of revealed blessings with loads of par simachot, bezat Hashem. Gorgeous. Breakfast in the class also dedicated loving memory of Izzy Ashkenazi, shalom. Yishak ben Yehudit sponsored by his son Ben Ashkenazi. As well, breakfast in the class dedicated loving memory of David Barmoha. Mocha, David ben Saada. From his wife Sylvia, children Yigal, Asher, Roni, Yossi, Nir, and Shiran, and family. And last but not least, the week of Cobra was is dedicated loving memory Lu'nish Matem, Chana Valentina Badzisla and Meir Badshama, sponsored by the Levy family. Okay. My friends, we are zokhe this morning to have in our Beit Knesset a Brit Milah. And whenever you have a Brit Milah in the Beit Knesset, it becomes a simcha, a joyous occasion, not just for the family that has a Brit Milah, but indeed for the entire community. And the way we know that the simcha of a Brit Milah belongs to the entire community is from a halakha. The halakha teaches that when you have the Ba'alei birit in the room, we don't say Tahanun, and therefore it seems pretty obvious that it's not just that they don't say Tahanun, but all of us don't say Tahanun because it's a Yom Tob. Now, one might argue and say, one second, that doesn't prove anything. All it means is that these guys have their happy occasion, but maybe we don't say Tahanun out of respect for the fact that they're in the room. Well, that's also not the case, because there's another halakha which proves that it goes even further than that. And that is, if there's a Brit Milah in a building, in a Bet Knesset, and the Minyan that's praying is not the Minyan that has the Mohel in it, not the Minyan that has the Aviyah Ben, but it's in the same building. Also, there's a Halakha that the people do not say, uh, Tahanun, they say Yehishem at that Minyan. There's even an opinion that says, which I don't know that we go this way, Hamu says not, but there was some people that had this Minhag, that the entire city would not say, would not say, um, it would not ta'anun. Now I'm imagining that this was maybe more hashtag life when there's 200 people living in a city, so it's not like you have a Brit every day. If you had a, a, a law that in a city where there's a Brit Milah, like New York City, you don't say ta'anun, there would not be a day in the calendar, you wouldn't say ta'anun. In Jerusalem, you don't say ta'anun, there wouldn't be a day in the calendar. So this idea is a mitzvah. And the mitzvah of Milah is a simcha, is a celebration for all of the Jewish people. My friends, I want to add to this uh, maybe just a little bit of nofah, a little bit of temperature, a little bit of uh, uh, extension to this idea. Our rabbis tell us that in the Megillah, the pasuk says, la yehudim Maeta, ora v'simcha v'sason v'ykar." Right? Everybody, as soon as you say that Pasuk, they get Havdalah vibes. You can see everyone is like already sitting back, they're holding their hands out. Okay? The Jewish people had, right? They had light, they had Simcha, they had Sason, vikar. says the Gemara. What is Ora? What does it mean that the Jewish people had light? It means that they had Torah. What does it mean that they had Simcha? What does it mean that they had sason? What does it mean that they had yekar? And the Gemara answers, the Gemara says that each one of these terminologies, just like ora, light, is a euphemism and it's relating to, it's teaching us that the Jewish people once again had a connection to Torah and that brought a tremendous spiritual light to the Jewish people, so too do the other terms... Simcha, Sason, Yikar, right? Each one of them means something else. Yikar is Utefilin, right? What is Sason? But what does it mean? What does it represent? Simcha, Sason. Sason is Brit Milah. Okay? Now, what's wild to me in this uh, expression, in, the, all these, in all of these expressions is something that the Sfat Emet asks as a beautiful question. He asks, I don't understand the Gemara. If you wanted to tell me that the Jewish people once again built their connection with Torah, everyone was studying Torah, it was amazing. Everyone was practicing the mitzvot of Brit Milah. They were putting on the tefillin. Everyone was doing this mitzvah, that mitzvah. I have a simple way of communicating that. What should it have said? La Yehudim Hayata Torah. Tifilin, Mila, uh, Shabbat, like, you know, that easy. Why did it give you the code word and then the Gemaras to come along and interpret the code word? And the Shfat Emet says something that I think is incredibly beautiful. He says In truth, my friends, when we say Ora zu Torah, we don't mean that Ora is a code word for Torah. We mean, actually, that Torah brings light to a person. Fascinating. Who is the person most associated with Torah in the world? Moshe Rabbeinu. When Moshe Rabbeinu was born, the Gemara says, what happened in his house? The whole house was filled with light. So the person who brings light to the world, the second he's born, even before he's done anything, okay, brings light to the world. What else do we read about Moshe Rabenu? When he goes up to Shemaim and comes back down, his face is shining with blinding light. He needs to cover it with a mask. The people are blinded. They can't even look at him. So Moshe Rabbeinu is associated with blinding light. Why? Because the person who brought Torah from heaven to earth, inherits the actual qualities of Torah. So what does this concept mean? I want to share with you something that I think is very, very beautiful. I want you to imagine a child. A child comes along with their father or mother and they go to a graduation. Anyway, they go to a graduation. All of a sudden, the guy sees his teenage son, daughter, walking up to the podium wearing the square hat of the graduation, wearing the robes, they go up, they get the scroll, they pause for the picture, they come back down, amazing. Everyone's standing they're clapping. The father, you see, kid looks at the father, tears in his eyes, he's smiling, he's happy. The kid says, dad, I don't understand. Yesterday, I also dressed up, I wore a hat, I put on a cape, you didn't clap, you weren't smiling, you weren't crying, how come today, When my brother puts on a cape and a cap, father looks at the son, he says, it's not the cape and the cap, that's just the outfit for this occurrence. That represents, that gown represents a full lifetime of of schooling and high schooling. That represents a GPA, that represents the sleepless nights of study, that represents the stress of the tests, all the PTA meetings. I've spent so much time and so much energy that in this moment, everything <clears throat> is wrapped up, is balled up into this incredible reality. Amen. Now, a child cannot understand it. How come the child can't understand what's so obvious to all of us? A girl walks down the aisle, Be'ezat Hashem, a couple of weeks, my daughters walk down the aisle, in a white wedding dress. You know, you lose it, you start crying. You can't believe it. Kid tugs on the father's coat, I don't understand. I, you know, I also wore a dress. Hopefully your, your daughter tells you that, right? I also wore a dress last week. You didn't cry. It's not the dress. This dress that my daughter's wearing, right, this color, this night, this way, represents all of the effort and the care you put into your child, hoping that you would get her to this chuppah from the minute that she was born. What's the berachah everybody gave, right? that you should bring her the Torah or to Ben Torah, Chupa or Ma'asim Tovim. Finally, beracha, I've been praying for my whole life is coming true. My friends, that concept, that garment, which represents all of that hard work, is what this Pasuk is talking about. The Pasuk says, Ora, zu Torah. Those two things are the same. It's just that sometimes a person who has not experienced the taste of that thing, they've not experienced what Torah is, they could not understand that you would call Torah light. It takes a person who's experienced all the efforts of raising a child, who knows how hard it is to get a child to the chuppah, who knows how much it costs to make a wedding, that when someone does that, they're there on the night and it means so much to them. Like the pasuk says, Tamu Taste and see that God is good. The commentators explain that I could tell you how God is good, and I could sit with a book with you and we could read about how God is good, but until a person experiences it, until they taste it, until a person experiences Shabbat, what are you going to tell? Shabbat's amazing. What's Shabbat? It's a day like any other day. Oh, well, we don't do anything. Oh, that's like Sunday. No, it's not like Sunday. Oh, we have a delicious meal. We go out a whole beautiful meal at night. Oh, I do that Thursday night with my wife. We go out every Thursday night. We have a beautiful meal. So it's basically like a Thursday night meal with a Sunday doing nothing. No, no, it's nothing like that. So I don't understand what the Shabbat is. What do you tell the guy? I can't explain it. Fadal for Shabbat. Come over. You come to me Friday night. You come to the synagogue. You'll feel the aura of the shul, of the people, of the tifilot, of the classes, <laughs> you go home. You'll sing the kiddush. You'll make some pizmonim. Ta'amu ure'u ki tov The only way is by jumping in and experiencing it for your own self, using your actual senses, not by having someone explain it to you. Okay, if that's the case, says the svar What the pasuk is telling us here is incredibly powerful. And in fact, it's not just a question that we answered, but actually it's instructive as to what happened in the story of Purim. You know, the Jewish people started off in the story of Purim where they were worried about a disaster. They were worried about a challenge. What's the challenge? The challenge is, Shema Yisrael, the sky is trying to kill us. What are we gonna do about that? They go to the party of Ahashverosh. why do they go to the party? Because they, they were worried. What will happen if we don't go? They went to Mordechai. Mordechai told them, don't go, don't go, don't go. Even other Chachamim and the rabbis said, you got to go to the party. Shema Israel. If we don't go to the king's party, what's he going to think? We're not loyal citizens. The beginning, therefore, of the Megillah starts off where the Jewish people feel like their survival or their, or their death is in the hands of the end of the Megillah turns on the hinge point, where Esther is risking her life, and she gets 100 percent that it actually has nothing to do with Achashverosh. Gather the Jews, let them fast, let them pray, let them do teshuvah. U'bchen, and with that, I will enter into the king. U'bchen equals 72. 20, noon, 50. with that, I'm going to come to the king. Say the mifashim. what does it mean with 72? I'll come with the king. Two interpretations. The first interpretation is she asked the Jewish people to fast, layla day and night, three days, 24, 48, 72 hours. I'm coming with the 72 hours of fasting of prayer of Teshuvah of my whole people. The second, <coughs> the second opinion, we know that one of the hidden names of God is a 72-letter name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's why we say on Yom Kippur three times, UBCHEN, here Ma'hu, Yalozu. right? Three times in the Amidah, Ubchen. And the commentators say, what does that mean? It means with the 72-letter name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, We're asking to come into the Royal Chamber in Shamain with the 72-letter name of God. Esther understands she's not walking into the Chamber of Achashverosh. Ubchen, avo el HaMelech. With those 72 hours of fasting, with God's name, I'm going to walk into a story where you don't see God. It's the hidden name of God, but I know that it's Him that's running the show. At that stage, the veil had been lifted. And they understood that life and death did not belong to Achashverosh, but life and death was in the hands of? Bore olam, ubchen. Therefore, la yehudim hayeta ora, when the Jews saw Torah, what did they see? They saw light. They were able to perceive not just the external clothing, the wedding dress or the graduation gown and cap, but they were able to perceive that which was behind each of those things. They were able to understand that yekar sason, excuse me, sason is milah, yekar My friends, these ideas are something that every one of us in some way or another should strive should strive to achieve. And I'll end with this, Mashal. I want you to imagine for a minute, you go out to get your son or your grandson an amazing remote control car. The car could drive 100 miles an hour. It could do flips. It could, the, the those wheels turn over, it could climb mountains. You know, it has a, a, a siren, you know, like a police sight. You know this is the kid. You know there's always different kids, they like different things. This kid Shemai said this is going to be his favorite toy he's going to take with him to bed The first thing in the morning he's going to knock things over in the house it's going to be worth it to see the smile on his face anyway, you give the kid the box the kid takes the box You do not know what to do with it on the box is beautiful pictures of the car it's got the wheels you know, it's skidding around the corner you know, they always have these amazing pictures outside on the box the kid is so excited he's like, thank you, thank you daddy thank you grandpa you know, anyway so you say, no problem okay, let's, let, me, let me get it ready for you you open up the box, you put the box on the floor, kids staring at the box. You're sitting there trying to undo, I don't know if you had to open up a toy recently. <laughs> they make these toys, they, like, they dip them in steel, lock them with locks, tie them to the box with wire. You know, it's majnun, I don't know exactly. There's more security on that than on Fort Knox. People are stealing a people's identity. All we needed to do is stick them in children's wrapping. No one will be able to steal your identity okay 20 minutes you're sitting there working with the item this, that getting all the tools necessary while you're taking the car out while you're putting it together while you're unscrewing while you're getting batteries of course the first batteries you took out were dead while you're getting everything ready all of a sudden the kid he's got the box He's on the floor, he's going vroom, he's pushing the box around, he's so happy, he's laughing, it's amazing, he's thank you so much, thank you so much, Daddy, thank you so much, Grandpa. You're like, what thank you so much, Grandpa? You're like, thank. he's like, thank you so much for the car, you got me, it's so cool, look at it, it's red. You are look at it, you're like, that's not, the, <laughs> that's not the gift, that's the, right? He's like, no, thank you, it's amazing, he's pushing it, he's calling, Ma, look at what he got me. You're looking at the kid, you're like, no. Here's, come here! You finally get it ready, the kid's not even interested in the car. Because he's pushing the box around. Now let me ask you a question. You're upset, you're annoyed, you're a little bit frustrated. Why are you frustrated? The whole point in buying the car for this kid, what was the point? For him to smile, him to be happy. He's happy with the box, What's, why does it bother you? You know what the answer is? Hazit! That this is what he's getting out of his toy. Because he could be getting so much more. The car flips. It drives 100 miles an hour. It climbs mountains. It does, you know, has a f- police siren. If you only used the toy, you would get so much more out of it. Borei Olam looks at us sometimes when he sees us interacting with his mitzvot. And, and, and we're having a nice time. Shabbat's nice. But for some of us, you know what Shabbat is? It's a Thursday night dinner with a Sunday, a Sunday afternoon no work. And God is sitting there with the car, with the batteries, with the remote control, and he's like, no honey, that's the box. <laughs> Here's the item, there's so much more in it. That's what the Pasuk means. La Yehudim Ayita Ora. Says the Gemara, Ora Zut orah. They got it. They understood that that's what brought light into their lives. They understood that true joy is Brit Milah. Why is joy Brit Milah? Why is this concept of Sasson? Why, why does it have to do with it? And the answer is... It's a tremendous expression of joy when a Jewish baby boy is born. I remember hearing Rabbi Waxman say something that I thought was very profound. He said, when you go into a hospital and a Jewish baby is born, it's a remarkable thing because he's only a couple minutes old. Already there are people in the world who hate him so much they want to see him dead. There are people who would kill the baby minutes into its life just because he's Jew. And he said, and already there are people who would give their life to save it, because he's a Jew. is are remarkable? When you see a Jewish kid at a Brit Milah, you think this is some rando kid getting a Brit Milah. You know what the answer is? If we all died, if we all went away, and this kid was left, this kid could rebuild the whole of the Jewish people. Just him and one other G, that's it, they start again. And you know who we learned this from? this terrible truth? We learn this truth, not from our friends, but from our enemies. David HaMelech says, Me'oivayte hakmeni." I learn, I become wise from my enemies. (laughs) And the greatest enemy of the Jewish people, the Haman of our era was no doubt Hitler. And Hitler said, we need to destroy every Jewish boy and every Jewish girl. Because if there's one Jewish child left, Listen what he said. Even if he's not part of a Jewish community, even if he has no Jewish schooling, even, <coughs> even if he doesn't know that he's a Jew, still, it is in his soul. You understand that? Hitler had an understanding and an appreciation for a Jewish neshama that many of us don't have. A child enters into a Brit Milah, you've just literally announced to the world and announced to the child in a way that he can look down for the rest of his life and understand immediately, immediately, I am part of a people that has been persecuted for its beliefs. I am part of a people that is proud of its beliefs. I am part of a people that sacrifices for its beliefs. David Amelech says, From my flesh, I see God. And there's many interpretations to that sentence. But maybe one of the explanations of that sentence is that David Amelech could look at his Brit Milah and remember, I remember that I stand here for a purpose, not for my own pleasure. Sometimes with Brit Milah, we minimize pleasure in order to be able to understand that we stand for a moral purpose and ethical life. And I think on that level, David Amelech says, I go sometimes to the merchats, to the wash, and I think to myself, I have no mitzvot. And then I remember that I have a mitzvah that I have with me, even in the bathhouse, even in in the shower. There's a mitzvah that accompanies me all the time. That mitzvah, the mitzvah of Brit Milah, brings tremendous joy, because it's a mitzvah that a Jewish person has no matter what. It's a mitzvah that a Jewish person has that can never be taken from him. It's a mitzvah that a Jewish person will have even if he strays from the path. And that brings an element of true joy to recognize that we as Am Yisrael have been chosen and have chosen God to be able to experience a life that is dedicated to meaning, to purpose, um, and and to morality. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen (laughs) v'am.